I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Tonight we are reading from 1 Kings chapter 8, following up from chapter 7, where we left off and King Solomon had finished his palace. We talked about the fact that chapter 8 would be bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the temple, and we talked about the different times in the Bible that we would have liked to have been there for that were significant events. Brock has the hiccups, so we placed him halfway across the room. (laughs) get started in verse 1. Then King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. All the men of Israel came together to King Solomon at the time of the festival in the month of Ethanim, the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the ark and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it. The priests and Levites carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not record or count them. The priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and overshadowed the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but not from outside the holy place, and they are still there today. There was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. What was on the two tablets? The Ten Commandments. That's right. How come, do you remember why they carried the Ark of the Covenant on poles? Because they weren't allowed to touch the actual thing. That's right. Do you remember what happened to the guy who touched it? He was punished. Right. Like strictly, like very strictly. Right. Uh, do you remember what he was doing when he touched it? Can't remember. He was tipping over. They were carrying it out of... He was trying to catch it. He was trying to catch it. He touched it. The Lord meant what the Lord meant. You see, the law offers no flexibility. The law is firm. And so is Jesus. But with Jesus, you're free to be a human being. 
and with a, the law, I guess I shouldn't say you weren't free to be a human being, but there was no room to not do everything perfectly. For the law to be fulfilled, it had to be done absolutely perfectly from the beginning to the end. There wasn't any opportunity to say, I just messed up. The reality is we mess up all the time. You know, they're not necessarily big ways, but even just little ways. You know, we let we let anger enter our hearts. Um, we get prideful sometimes, too proud to say they messed up, too proud to laugh at ourselves. We get really territorial and selfish and don't want to share. We just don't love other people the way that we love ourselves and we don't love God as much as we love ourselves. And these are all stuff that we would say, yeah, but these are just, you know, little things uh, that we struggle with and, and we're growing in. But it's like, yeah, but it, according to the law, those, all those things every single time deserve death. So that, and really the Ark of the Covenant being carried on poles is a picture of that. You're not even supposed to touch it. And the law demands so much perfection that even if you are trying to keep the Ark of the Covenant from tipping over and you touch it, you get severely punished. Verse 10, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Then Solomon said, the Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. While the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed them. Then he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he had promised with his own mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built for my name to be there. But I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. My father David had it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Because it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well to have this in your heart. Nevertheless, you are not the one to build the temple, but your son, who is your own flesh and blood, he is the one who will build the temple for my name. The Lord has kept the promise he made. I have succeeded David, my father, and now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised, and I have built the temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. I have provided a place where the, for the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord, that he made with our fathers when he brought them out of Egypt. Okay, so I want to focus on this a little bit. So Solomon did something great by leading the building of the temple. This was a major blessing to the Israelite people and it was um, a strong dedication to the Lord and what I want to point out is this Solomon then was a great blessing right so think about this where did Solomon come from who were his parents Mm-hmm. Bathsheba. Bathsheba was his mother. So, how did David and Bathsheba meet? 
Dave was on the roof, not going to war where where he should be. Mm-hmm. And he saw her taking the bath. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I'll just go get this woman." Right. Pretty evil. And then, after she was found to be with child, not from David or from David, not Solomon. This was a different child. Then what did David do? In the end, what did he do? He ended up killing the other guy. Uriah. Her husband, Uriah. He basically ended up killing him because he put him in a situation where he knew he was going to die. And he did that. So that way he could marry Bathsheba and his sins would have been hidden from everybody. You see, he was trying to hide. Well, so here's the connection. Solomon was born because of a a sinful relationship. It was a completely sinful relationship that started Solomon. There was infidelity, there was lying, there was cheating, there was murder, there was hiding and not admitting that you were sinful. There was some evil stuff going on that ultimately led to David and Bathsheba being married and having Solomon. Sometimes it's easy to feel ashamed of our sins, of our past, of decisions that we regret. But you see, the Lord didn't make David sin with Bathsheba. And he didn't make Bathsheba sin with David. He did not make them do that. He did not want them to do that. But he is able to make beautiful things come out of every situation. He is even able to use sin from a fallen world and use it to bless his people. So whenever in life you start feeling ashamed of your sinful decisions, remember this, God does not want you to live like that. He does not want you to sin so that way you can increase grace. Okay, grace is already all sufficient. You don't need to sin to prove how powerful Christ is. But having already sinned, remember that the Lord is not ashamed of your past. You're his child and you shouldn't be ashamed of your past either, ever. You should be able to see That because you have a past and because you are overcoming it in the Lord, you can help somebody. You can give a testimony that nobody else can give that might speak to the heart of one person and help them through their struggle. You know, you can testify that the Lord was able to give you peace even though you were spending time growing from your immature decisions. Sometimes... (laughs) Some of the worst things can come from our sin. Sometimes disease comes from sin. Sometimes financial lack comes from our sins. Sometimes ruined relationships come from our sin. But guess what? The Lord is able to do immeasurably more than you can think or imagine. That means that he can take our sin. Doesn't mean he was in support of it. Doesn't mean he wanted us to do it. But he can take the reality of the fact that we do sin. And he can even bless us in the middle of that. Even through it. We can look back and we can say, I see 
that he was able to work through this. I know that from when I lost my job in Colorado. The Lord doesn't give unemployment. You know, a lot of people, I think, believe that, oh, the Lord's just testing me. I don't believe that at all. And that's fine for them. But I do not believe that my good and faithful and patient and and loving father puts uh, unemployment into my life. I think that's a, a symptom of a fallen world. I think it's a symptom of the lack of the fact that we will sweat want out of this earth it will be by the uh, sweat of our brow and that's all a symptom of sin it's all you know that that's that's why lack exists i don't think god designed lack when he put adam and eve here it's not god's design to have lack i just don't believe that but where the devil had an evil plan for my life the lord our life the lord was able to use that to actually grow my trust in him. Again, I don't think that the Lord put the curse of unemployment on my life, but the curse of unemployment being on my life from that of a sinful fallen world, he was able to attach my heart to him in a stronger way through that. Again, he didn't produce it, but he was able to use and bless me in that season so that where the devil planned to destroy my life, the Lord actually built me on a stronger foundation. A foundation that says that's not where my identity is that is not where my identity lies and I'm a stronger man because of it so I guess we'll wrap it up there we are in verse 22 chapter 8 is a long chapter and I think we should just remember that the Lord blessed his people significantly through a child that became a king And he only existed because of a very sinful relationship that started. So the Lord can work through all things. In fact, what does the Bible say? The Lord works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I believe all things includes our sin. It includes the consequences of our sin. He can work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we have a reason to be encouraged. We have a reason to look forward. And we have a reason to be delivered because we are the righteousness of God. And no matter where you're at in your life right now, no matter what you're struggling with, take time, say it out loud 10 times, especially if you're all by yourself, say it, say it out loud. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And let that sink into your heart. Let it go. It's coming out of your lips and there is strong, there is strength there. But let it sink into your heart that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And if you are in a situation or you are trying to work yourself out of the weeds, then you're not the only one, brother, sister. Let me tell you, I am pulling myself out of the weeds right now. But I'm just telling you, I know that I am the righteousness of God in Christ and that he has a plan for me. He has a purpose. And it's not that this is going to destroy me. It's not that your situation is going to destroy you, but you will have victory in that situation. Give it to God. Remind yourself that you are already the righteousness of God in Christ and you will see a blessing in that thing that started as a consequence of sin. Asleep. <laughs>
I love you, Trey. I love you, too. You're a good kid. So is Brock. <laughs>